Welcome to this week's Caddy Wampus Podcast. I'm Kirk Driscoll, your host, and I've got a good friend of mine, Richard Kenny, with me today. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on, Kirk. I appreciate it, man. I'm excited. No, it's awesome. We were catching up beforehand here a moment ago, and we always like kind of start the show with how we met. Um, And is I don't know how old you were, but I remember I... It, yeah. how, how old do you think you probably I mean geez was probably what like 30 years 30 years ago probably something, so I was some, probably seven eight nine so, somewhere in that range and so I was de- I would deliver appraisals for your mom and dad out yeah. of their their company, of basement <laughs> out of their basement because email was not around yet and nope. I guess fax may or may not have been but it it wouldn't everybody wait. wanted paper appraisals at that point and yeah. it was like digital cameras didn't exist so we were gluing pictures on the appraisals with a glue stick. Oh yeah, I just I remember uh, you know those were the days where you didn't have GPS and all that, so I should probably had a map or whatnot. Yeah. What, uh, there, one of my tell- jobs in the summer was these giant map books for the entire Metro Atlanta, uh, printing out the where he was going and highlighting the route for him so that he could just put it up on a steering wheel and drive drive to get yeah. it to do it. Man, technology's changed some things around. He still little. would probably prefer maps. I don't, he- he, I don't know if he could figure out the GPS quite yet. Yeah. No, so, um, but our parents know each other. Yeah. They've been around each other and been friends for years. That's how I, that's the only reason he probably hired a 16 year old kid to trust him. It's true. After yeah. school, uh, a couple of days a week to deliver appraisals. But yeah. it was a. And I think you're, a, we live in the same neighborhood as your niece now, too. Oh, right. Really? Uh, Vickery Springs and coming area. Yeah. 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 No, you so. do. So it's cool. And we go to, Rotary, we're in Rotary together, mm-hmm. serve together a good bit. And man, it's just, it's awesome to have have you here and always we're trying to always catch different stories and different mm-hmm. perspectives from when you were cattywampus to where you are now and yeah. so i've gotten to really experience you know the last three four years with you here mm-hmm. uh through rotary and uh so i'm excited to see what you're going to share with us today but what's that what's that cattywampus moment yeah man? man so this is actually the first time i've shared this like outside of my inner circle like with public or whatever so i appreciate you having me and, and let me share the story but um, kind of a little background context. So I went to the Air Force Academy, uh, Colorado Springs, but I always wanted to fly and be a pilot, whether it's fighter pilot, really a fighter pilot. I wanted to fly F-15 Eagles. Um, and it's a little bit of backstory. Like Academy is really hard to get into. You kind of have to start pretty early on in, in high school trying to get in. Um, I think back then the acceptance rate was somewhere between like 9 and like 15%, right? So getting in itself was a feat. And so but I wanted to fly. And so the best place to do that was at the air force Academy, as opposed to going to one of the other service academies. And so got in, um, wanted to play baseball. So I got to do that too, uh, first year, but then kind of really started kind of freshman year. So I finished the first semester with a one five GPA. That's uh, not, that's not good that's, for anybody listening. Just, that's questionable on math. Yeah. That's not, not good that's not, on a four Oh scale. Yeah. Um, so I had to stop playing baseball so I didn't get kicked out of the Academy. So I could then, still fulfill my dream of flying, um, which is I've been wanting to do that for since probably since I've known you kind of thing. And so, um, and how it works is for the air force Academy is you junior year, you rank in order the jobs that you want when you graduate. And so rated was so pilot or navigator. So things dealing with the plane and then non-rated is anything else um, that the air force does. And so the air force Academy forever pretty much everybody that's got a pilot's wanted a pilot slot has gotten one um except my year um and so i put pilot first because that's what i wanted to do wanted to fly um and then 
we got our jobs end of junior or end of junior year, and I got like my fourth choice. Um, and so there's a lot of math that goes into that and a lot of things that go into that, but, um, it was tough and it, it was one of the last, like three times I can remember, really remember like crying, um, just because I was so like depressed and sad that I didn't get a pilot slot. Um, and then not only that, but then you have to put in where you want to your bases. And so they let everybody know what assignments they got, um, like February of senior year essentially mm-hmm. um and everybody wears the uniform that they're going to be doing when they graduate and so you have to go through all that all over again seeing all my friends wearing flight suits and you know and i'm not because i didn't get a pilot line so that was that was tough um but that same night i found out i got an assignment that i also applied for working in the admissions department um for a year outside of um after graduation and then that year is the year I met my wife. Um, so that was kind of a, the first kind of God thing. Um, but kind of showed up, kind of showed up in, in it, but you know, that's kind of my cattywampus moment, like where I spent, you know, decades preparing for this kind of one thing, thing. and then didn't get it. And um, didn't really have a choice. You couldn't fight for it. It's like, <clears throat> no, you've right. Done, you've done what you've done. Yeah. They look at it and here you go. And there's no, eh, I don't really want to do that. Exactly. Yeah. And there's people who friends of mine that didn't even want pilot slots, but put it down and decided not to do it later. And I'm like, that would, I could have gotten that slot kind of thing. And so, um, it was just, it was a really tough moment. Um, and for me, I had to decide after the kind of the, the two day, like grief period, if you will, yeah. um, was over. Okay. What do I do now? Right. I can either sulk and be, mad and upset and depressed and just really resentful of the moment, or I can essentially, you know, focus and kind of be the best contracting officer, which is the job that I got essentially managing government contracts, negotiating with contractors, um, managing payments, spending your tax dollars. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah. Effectively and, and wisely. Yeah. Um, so that was the job that we I need had. more of those folks. That's for right. Certain. Um, but, uh, so I could either decide to just kind of skate through and do my five years or really try to be the best contracting officer with a job that I had no. um, that I could be. So, so what like, shifted in your, your mind to kind of go from just absolute just disbelief and, and disgust is probably a stronger word, but just like really let down, like from that feeling to accepting it and staying motivated to be yeah. that way through that five-year period. What did you do? How did you do that? Or what changed in your mind? You think? Yeah. I mean, for me, I've always kind of been in the mindset of like, you can't change the past, right? Like you can't change anything that's happened from this moment prior. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay. What can I do right now or moving forward from this point to be better, to be more consistent, to be more disciplined, to be X. Right. And so, right. I couldn't change that I didn't get a slot, but, but essentially it's, you know, the old adage and the college football adage, don't let a team beat you twice kind of thing, right? Like if you lose this week, well, don't let that let down beat you you next week. week. Um, And so kind of that mindset of, okay, well, I've accomplished this goal of graduating from the air force Academy, which is, which is amazing. Huge accomplishment. Amazing. Um, Yeah. Maybe 
maybe the best day of my life, but probably second. You know, if my wife's watching this, is second best day. So if you're watching this, is second. If (laughs) you're not, you know, I love you, Caroline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But it was just, you know, moving forward and and just kind of intestinal fortitude of of how to just buckle down and be the best at what I what I had control over and what I could influence versus any all this stuff on the outside that I had no control over. Do, do you think being there at the Air Force Academy helped you shape that mindset? Like if it would have been in a non-military type setting yeah, with less structure, do you think you would have drifted, drifted more or do you? Do you I don't know. Uh, I mean, me personally, I like to think that I would still be able to kind of push through and do that. I think, um, the Air Force Academy does a good job of any of the military academies does a good job, like refining people and kind of all the stuff that doesn't matter, like helping them put that to the side because you have to be so focused on school sports and like the military aspect of it in right. order to get through. Um, and a lot of people go for a lot of different reasons, but if you're not there for yourself, you won't stay. Um, there's too many distractions. It's too challenging. It's too hard. Um, just, just to get through, right? Like, I mean, our, the minimum number of hours, I think, is like 18 hours a semester, um, which I think the average is like 12 for a full, yeah. full at most colleges. So you're so, running 18 hours plus all the rest of the rigor that right. they put, put on top of you. And so you get, you get really good at focusing on the things that help you succeed and kind of all the stuff that is a distraction or all the things that right. – aren't as necessary, you learn how to prioritize what's important. Um, so uh, what was, I probably should have prioritized academics a little bit more and then maybe I would have had a pilot slot, but, but you know, Hey, that's. So was it on the great, is it grades? It, it, like they have all kinds of different things. Yeah. Fact- so it's really based on three things. So it's based on your academic score, academic component, your physical fitness component, um, and then your military component. You get graded on all three of those things and all three of those components influence your class ranking. So um, I think it was, you know, right around 700 or something out of 1,100 students. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's 1,100 elites. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like my daughter, you know, experienced that coming from, you know, when she was kind of top of her class mm-hmm. and just achieving everything at yeah. a high school level here. She was at a private college prep and then she gets to Vanderbilt. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know. There, every freshman <laughs> is like her or more aggressive. Very much so. Yeah. And so it was a a really eye opening. It was like, okay, like what are these people doing? Like they yeah. have no life. Like right. she thought she studied a lot or did a lot. Like what? Like where are you? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's like you know, you're talking like eighty five percent, ninety percent type A personalities kind of mm-hmm. thing, just driven to succeed. And honestly, right? Like either haven't had to work as hard or, you know, in high school or whatever, or are just super motivated to achieve what their goals were. Um, you know, and, and I was super motivated to achieve the goals that I wanted, but you know, I made some decisions and, and didn't study as hard cause I was doing sports or, you know, other things with, you know, friends or whatever that I just, my grades were not as good as, or where they should have been. Right. You know, I was, pretty good military, pretty good athletics. And so that was kind of the thing that held me back. Um, I think that's what I think, but you know, God has his plans. He does. I mean, you wouldn't have met your wife. Yeah. Potentially you wouldn't have met my wife. And then two. So the other thing is, is with 
being a pilot in the Air Force, coming from the academy. So it's a 10-year commitment after you finish pilot training. So it typically works out to be around 11 and a half to 12 years before you can get out and um, separate, go to the reserves, or just go on to civilian life kind of thing. Yeah. Um, as not a, not being a pilot, it's five years. And so for me, had I been a pilot, 2021 would have been the first time that I could get out. But at that point, you're in for 12 years, 20s retirement, right? So it's, do you get out at that point or do you stay in another eight years because you're already over halfway? Right. Um, and so not getting a pilot slot allowed me to do a lot of things, travel, see the world, a lot of things with my wife, but at the same time gave me the option to separate from the Air Force earlier, which I never thought I was going to do. I thought I was going to be a career person, wanted to, you know, go back to the academy and, you know, uh, be in charge of a squadron, um, you know, be Colonel, you know, progress up the rank. And my wife, Caroline was all on board with that. She's amazing. Um, incredible person, incredible wife. Um, and great mother, but, um, for whatever reason it was, we were in Germany. I remember it super clear Germany in 2000 and it would have been 2015 probably, um, just really kind of felt like, Hey, I don't know if this is what we should be doing or what we need to be doing. So I went to her. I was like, Hey, I think we should consider getting out kind of thing. And you know, she laughed at me the first time I said it. Cause I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Right. Kind of thing. And so, but then we talked about it and it just, we just felt led to get out and separate from the air force and went directly into the reserve. So I still get to be a part of the military in that aspect, but um, I never would have had that option had I gotten a pilot slot. And then not only that, but the job that I got so involved on the business side of the Air Force, I got to learn a lot of things about government contracts and business and just how businesses operate. You know, the Air Force is military is like the large, you know, the yeah. largest organization in the world kind of thing. And had the opportunity to then join my, you know, my dad's business with my brother was there too at the time, yeah. still is. But that option wouldn't have been available had I been a pilot, cause it would have been so far beyond, you know, starting over as an appraiser, you know, 40 something yeah. as opposed to 20 something is, is a huge difference. Yeah. Big difference. So that, what would you say is one of those things that you really, um, that biggest takeaway, the biggest takeaway from that time period? Um, Probably like focus on what's within your sphere of influence and with the, what's in your control um, yeah. and try to be the best that you can at that, whatever it is, whether it's business or, you know, doesn't matter, but be the best that you can be at that because everything else, it, you can get stuck being resentful or stuck on the what ifs mm. or, oh, I could have, or had this person done something different, I would have been better off. And, and it's, you just get down in a super self-destructive pattern, I feel like. Um, and I've seen friends that have done that, right? They, get, they just get down this pattern where it's never their fault and they never want to take responsibility for anything. Oh, I've talked to a couple of people that we were talking about it before you got here. I've talked to a couple of people about that this week already. Yeah. It's my, it's my fault, not their fault. Yeah. Right, exactly. And yeah. it's, it's like, it doesn't matter, right? Like whatever happened has happened. Yeah. How do we move on from here? Um, and it's the same time dealing with conflict, whether it's with family or friends or whatever, right? Like, okay, or my children, right? Okay, this has happened. We can't change it. How do we now make the situation better or learn from it and 
be better moving forward. Yeah. Um, and I would say that's probably the biggest takeaway and the thing that I try to remind myself of kind of um, daily and kind of weekly as I go through life. And then um, I'd also say it's really important the people that you surround yourself with and the mm. people that are your tribe and finding a tribe that you can lean on, not just in good times, but when things get tough and challenging, who are going to be to support you, encourage you, know when like saying something like you don't really want to hear something right now. It's just like, Hey, I'm here for you if you need kind of thing. Right. Um, but to focus on the right things, whether it's family, spiritual, encourage you, challenge you, uh, but business that you can talk about being better at business or moving that, taking that, that next iteration and kind of, um, helping you, encouraging you and focusing on the right things. Yeah. Because it, it's, you know, we set out with our mindset, like, or at least I know I do. And it sounds like you do that. Hey, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm going to do. And, you know, I've got advice. I've, I've got sound advice around me. I'm not just making it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like, okay, yeah. I've got, I believe confirmation, you know, from God and all around me, like, this is what I should be doing. Yeah. And it may have been at that moment in time preparing to do that. But right. then there's this, curve in the road that's not on the map like it's like and sometimes it's an exit ramp sometimes the road's closed like, like what is this is not what i wanted this yeah, is not yeah. where i was going it's like i'm pretty sure i just turned in remember old dukes of hazard like yeah. you know like here we're gonna kind of clear the bridge because i'm just determined no i know that's where yeah. i'm supposed to go and that willingness to surrender to the moment not mm -hmm. quit but surrender to the moment that the road's closed yeah so hey where did i miss the turn or what did i need to do and to back up and reset that's hard it is, um, yeah, and and you didn't have a choice. You had five years to complete. Like yeah. <clears throat> it wasn't. I can, you know, civilian type kind of scenario, right? Yeah. Like, okay, hey, I, this is the job I wanted. I didn't get it there. I don't see the advancement. I'm just going to quit and go back over here and try again. Right. You didn't yeah. have that choice. You no. were there. Yeah. You had committed, and you got to finish what you started yeah. with a smile on your face and make the best of it. So that's that's yeah. Because as soon as you go to clap. The, your first class as a junior from that point on you either owe time or money back to the air force if you get, leave or get kicked out for whatever reason while you're at the academy but then you're also committed for five years after graduation or 10 if you become a pilot or something rated so yeah so there's commitment there without a doubt so it's, i mean that's tough to like figure out as a yeah. 15 year old oh yeah 17, without a, 18 without a doubt so what are some of those Double D's, those daily disciplines that keep you centered. Today, today in that mindset. Um, I try and get in the word every day. Not, admittedly, I am not as good at that as oh, I would we're like gonna to, to end be. It. We're going to have to end the interview yeah, right now. Right there, sorry. Right, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, well, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, next. No. Go right. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that I try to, and then work out several times a week. Um, and then, you know, just be really communicative with my, with my family, with my wife kind of thing. Cause it kind of helps keep me grounded. Cause she's been through a lot with me at this point. Oh so, yeah. Um, I've admittedly gotten better at communication. That was something that I struggled with yeah. for a long time when we first got married, but it's just making sure that I'm talking to the people that matter and the people who have surrounded me and loved on me through everything yeah. and just kind of living life with them. Um, and so and making sure that they're, are aware of what's going on in my life so that they can check in or encourage or, or whatever. So, yeah, I know. And I know that's, um, that's hard for a lot of people. Yeah. And especially a lot of veterans I know that I've spoken with is getting, you, you know, especially men as mm -hmm. well. And then put 
military career on top of it. Yeah. It's like you're being trained to take care of this yourself and stay focused on what's there and deal yeah. with other stuff, you know, later. Yeah. And so when you get back on this side of it, you know, the emotional side of things are really important. I mean, they're really mm -hmm. important. You know? Yeah. And so to be retrain, retrain your mind and your thought pattern to how do you share this and express this mm -hmm. is uh, pretty awesome that you're doing it, man. I, I appreciate you for your right. service. So thank, thank you for it. And, Thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate the support. Right. And it's, it's, it's cool to have been a part of, to be a part of Rotary, right. And still be able to connect and serve because I spent my entire adult life serving, right. Yeah. And to be able to have that outlet to serve is really important. Yeah. So if uh, you look at this camera right here, this one, yeah, and someone's out there and they're, they're really in the situation where you were in and they think like, man, this sucks. This yeah. is like, what in the world have I done? Um, what would you, what would you tell them? Um, I would say it's really, really, really important to have a tribe, right. And have a group of, of men or families in general that you can really rely on and really pour out and do life with, um, because otherwise you just feel totally on alone and on an Island. Um, and you don't know which way to go and you just kind of feel lost and floundering. And so, they can help provide support so that you can figure out, okay, what the next step is and how to move forward from whatever situation you're in. Yeah. Well, thank you for your service. Thanks. Man. Um, thank you for all you do here too now locally in Alpharetta yeah. through Alpharetta Rotary and just your willingness to share that, man. It's, uh, it's because life right now is pretty epic, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great, right? Like, so we got two kids now, one more potty training. So we're kind of in this like yeah. same moment, like, all right, how do we get through this kind of thing? Water hose and duct tape. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you know, business, <laughs> he's like, oh, trying to figure that one out. That's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> Austin's like, I don't know. He's got twins that are like four weeks okay. old right now, yeah. four and a half weeks old. Um, but family's all here, like both my side and her side, right. um, you know, business we're, make some decisions and move and trying to grow the business. And so it's just, things are really good right now. And, you know, but a couple of best friends that have moved to Atlanta, right. From my circle, from the Academy. So it's yeah. also really cool. So to see, and um, yeah, life's pretty good right now. So. That's awesome, dude. Thank you for being here. Thanks, I appreciate, man, appreciate your friendship. It. Thank you for being willing to be transparent and open. And thank you for watching today. If you could please share this, subscribe and check back next week with another great guest. Thanks, Kirk. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Thank you.